0: Son, and of the Holy Ghost, let us pray and pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, we come before thy face again this morning hour in the name of our Savior and thy only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus. We want to thank thee for all thy goodness, thy mercy, and thy grace towards us, and thy perseverance that thou hast preserved us from all harm under the shadow of thy wing. We also come before thee, as we know ourselves to be, absolutely unworthy, and therefore we ask thee again this day that thou forgive us all our sins and trespasses, all our unwatchfulness and unvigilance that has beset us even on this week, and that thou would give unto us of thy mercy again this day, that we would feel the nearness of thy presence in the Lord Jesus Christ through his Spirit. Thou would anoint our tongue who are speaking, and thou would open the ears of those that are hearing. And even mellow their hearts and and to be made fertile with that crimson power of the lord jesus christ death and suffering That we would feel that uh, the word that is shown uh, through our ears into our heart would find a good mellow ground to feed upon and therefore to be nourished and grow uh, into the uh, corner of the lord and our heavenly father one day to be reaped there but we know that even with satan himself is able to sit right next to us in the seat without our vision and without our vis- vis- uh, realizing it and be able, as he is, to pluck away the ear- words from the ears of our hearing even before they penetrate into our heart if it is, his de- if it is the person's desire that he would want to block his ears unto the word of God. For he is a very ample uh, helper in that respect. He, as an enemy of the soul, he desires nothing better than that And we would not be able to be nurtured by the Word of God and therefore grow by it in wisdom and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee, dear Heavenly Father, that Thou hast seen fit to give of Thy Spirit throughout even our times that we have been here. And have been able to bless us by Thy Word continually for these years, even that I know of here in the midst of uh, this congregation that is here that thou have not seen fit to take it away from us, that thou have been able to enliven us many times with uh, with the feeling of thy spirit's nearness. And we ask even this day that thou do so. We also thank thee for the children that we have in the midst of us, and especially that they are nurtured by thy word, that it will be a continuation of the nurturing of thy word unto their little souls and hearts, that they might continually learn more and more of the Lord Jesus Christ as the savior of mankind as a lover that has given himself for us upon the cross of Calvary and paid the price of all our sins, but has been raised again on the third day for our justification. Beloved Heavenly Father, that is the greatest of all gifts that man could uh, receive, and and it is being given unto us even on these days, without money and without price, to take hold of it in faith and uh, to acknowledge through the absolution of our sins that we are thy children elevated from the depths of hell even unto the elevation of the child of god which is a glory indeed unto us when we begin to realize the great gift that thou art given unto us in thy son the lord jesus christ therefore we ask thee through the power that he has to be with those that are sick this morning and those that are even uh, invalided into the hospitals and in their own beds and we want to even mention uh, mrs williams over there in in jamaica plains hospital and also uh, mrs Torvela, that she would uh to have been in our midst and has not been able to get there now that thou would be with them and console them with thy spirit and heal them with thy healing hand if it is thy will to do so and we also speak of mert over there who has now come home and thank thee lord that he has seen fit that he has been able to come home and and we get beginning to get better all these things are in thy hand we know that thou art the Helper in all these things and we ask in the name of the lord jesus so hear Thy praying children our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior and our Heavenly Father continually abide in the midst of all of us, now and ever henceforth. Amen. With a desire for your prayers again this morning towards the Heavenly Father, in behalf of us who are assigned here to stand before you and speak, we are asking that the prayers of your hearts might be extended unto the Heavenly Father, that he might want to nourish nourish us again with his holy manner from on high which is the word of God and therefore I know that if you desire and if you ask his promise is that we will be shall be filled and our desire would be fulfilled by the Heavenly Father I'm going to read in prayer the portion of the the writing from the twelfth chapter of Exodus from the 21st verse through the thirty first verse inclusively in Jesus name <clears throat> then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the passover and ye shall make take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning for the lord will pass through to smite the egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door, and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe these things for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye shall come to the land which the Lord will give you, according to that he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass, when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, So did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as ye have said. Amen. I was here last Thursday night and had the opportunity to speak unto Some of you that were here, of the old patriarch, the father of our faith, Abraham, and also of the surety of God's promises. This is what I'd like to stress even today, again, of the surety of God's promise. For God has promised and what he has promised he will never regret and never repent of, says the Bible. And therefore we might through a short space of time look back upon the great things that God has promised even which he did unto Abraham through Isaac the promised seed which was to be such a multitudinous seed that it would spread all over the nations and be as the sands of the sea and as the stars of heaven above but what seems to be the strangest thing when we study the holy scripture and these promises of god that why was it that things were withheld so that when that promise was given it would seem that well abraham for instance would be so um, fertile and his wife that they would multiply and receive a great number of children from whence this seed would begin to be spread and multiplied in but we find that there was only one child born as we spoke of it there last, last thursday night isaac and even he was given this wonderful assurance that god would be with him and would bless him and continually multiply and have his seed to exceed that which had been throughout all the nations before in excess as we read in the bible but then when we study this bible we find that isaac was already 40 years old and then his father abraham desired that he would not wed of those girls or that those women that were of that land but would rather that they would send by his old sermon to go over and get one of the women from the land where he had come from and therefore as we study this bible we see that there is a great significance here also for when God gives these blessings, he also desires that it would not only be from one portion of the mating that these blessings would come, but that they would be continuously, that even as we who are here gathered might come to understand God's word there, that, uh, that what has darkness with light, uh, or light with darkness, or what has Bilel with, uh, with the Son of God. In other words, that there should be a distinct difference there that if we, especially you young ones, are seeking for a mate, you might take uh, consideration of God's word, even in these old dispensation times, uh, that uh, they desired not to be mingled in uh, with the ungodly and those that were idolatrous, but would uh, see, see through God's precious word and his blessing that they desired to get a mate from their own type of people where the blessing of God would rest upon them. And so, even today, uh, this might be an example unto us that we would not seek for companionship or or our mate from the outside of Christian circles, but we should desire in every way to uh, turn unto God in prayer and ask him that he might give unto us and unto you a mate that would be also a mate to live with in harmony and also in the godly fear and love and Christian life which is necessary. So it was that Abraham desired this for his son. And I'm sure that all you parents decide the same thing unto your sons and daughters, and I'm sure that that is what you pray for. And I, Abraham prayed that his old servant might lay his hand under his thigh and, and promise him under an oath that he would go and find a wife unto Isaac uh, from his own people that he had left over there, uh, which he knew that was of that kindred, which uh, was not the idolatrous. and and uh, world seeking ones as were in that land where, where Abraham was dwelling at that time. And uh, so we find that the servant went out there and, and through great pray- prayers which we read in the Bible, God gave unto him the, uh, the, uh, the uh, answer which he had sought and which uh, we find in the approach of Rebekah up to the well where he came and also where all these uh, signs that he had asked of God was made manifest unto him. And uh, so Rebekah came uh, with the old servant of Abraham. And when Isaac met him, they, they uh, went in and, and he took her for his wife. But then again we see, and it's strange I have had more opportunity to study more. I have read the Bible a great deal before, but not to study it as much as I have these days when I have been at leisure. And we again find that it took 20 years of Isaac's and Rebecca's life in barrenhood. There was not a child born for 20 years from the time that they got married and there again, same as the promise had been given to Abraham and they had only one child after 25 years of waiting and the promise of God, here again was 20 years. Isaac was 60 years old before Rebekah conceived and that was under great prayer unto God that she would not be barren but she would give unto uh, them a child. and. Uh, Here we find that when she conceived, she had twins in her womb. And uh, God came and spoke unto her and gave her the instructions of what was to happen already before the birth of these twins. He said that the older would serve the younger. In other words, that the younger one would be the one in which his blessing would rest upon. And we, I suppose, all of you have studied the Bible enough to realize that uh, what happened there, that when the birth was given and she was in travail by uh, the first one that came out which was Esau, uh, named Esau, just red and hairy. And Jacob coming next had a whole of the Esau's heel, and uh, they were born that way so that there would be a distinct difference that one was first and the other uh, was the latter, in other words, the younger. But here again we see that, uh, that God's ways are different than man's ways. When they grew up and Esau became a great hunter, he was out there in the fields and, and uh, woods, and he got venison unto unto Isaac, who loved him very much because of the venison that he got him. It says the Bible. It seems that they, even though Esau was evil in his ways and took unto himself wives of those people and those women that were in that land, which was ungodly and, and not uh, in uh, in favor of God, why, nevertheless, Isaac loved him for the venison that he brought him. It says right in the Bible, and this is when we study it, we begin to wonder how these things are. But Jacob was loved by his mother. He was more of a timid type of a person, and he just lived in tents, and he, uh, he took care of uh, his sheep. And he had not married any of these women that was there. And now came a time when Esau was out hunting, and he'd very hungry, and he came back, and he found Jacob making a potage. and. Uh, and we find there, when we study that, that here again was something that God had already foreordained, uh, that Esau came and asked him, that, would he not give him of his pottage that he is, uh, he is dying of hunger, and he says that uh, uh, he desires to have something to eat. So Jacob told him that, well, and now again, God pleading says, well, sell me thy birthright, and I will give you this pottage. And uh, Esau says, well, what good is my birthright unto me if I should die of hunger? He must have been very, very hungry indeed. And so for he sold his birthright unto Jacob for a meal of pottage. And uh, here again God's way was made known because he had already prophesied that that uh, the birthright which used to be to the firstborn was always given. And this is the, the blessing that Abraham had received from God and which had been handed down from Abraham unto Isaac and from Isaac unto his firstborn it should have been. But now the birthright already was sold unto the younger one. And uh, uh, then when the time came that that Isaac began to get so old that he asked his oldest son Esau to go out and get him some medicine that he might eat and then go to rest with his, uh, with his fathers. In other words, die. Why, uh, Rebecca was there to hear what was going on. And even though we could see from here that, that there was probably a great sin in the commitment which they committed but God had so foreordained that this is to happen that there was a uh, there was a a uh, change made and uh, Esau being a hairy woodsman and Jacob being of the smooth skin type they had to make some kind of a change in the apparel and appearance uh, to the blind Isaac that he might bless a Jacob instead of Esau with the birthright blessing which he had bought with the, with the pottage. and this is what happened That they took in and made a meal out of uh, a a, a young kid and took the skin and covered up Esau's arms and his neck and then they went and served it unto old Isaac and he gave of his great blessing unto Jacob uh, in lieu of uh, Esau and this blessing was the one that God had administered unto Abraham and unto Isaac and now it was administered unto Jacob. So God's ways are different than man's ways, and we might think, well, isn't it strange that these things would come about and God would sanction these things? But uh, because of the beginning already, He had foreknown that this was to happen, and an Esau being of evil heart and not in the footsteps that were required of God uh, in the beginning, knowing this already, why He had transferred the death right unto Jacob, and therefore it was through Jacob that uh, that uh, the the uh, Seed of Israel was to come about and to be spread through the nations in that great multitude that it was. We find that now Jacob too, when he went unto his uh, mother's brother Laban uh, to find a wife unto himself, why uh, there he had to serve seven years for Rachel, who he loved and, and desired to have for a wife. And here again there was was a misleading thing done unto Jacob because at the time that he had served seven years why Laban gave unto him Leah instead of Rachel for a wife that night and he had to serve another a week in other words it says there's a week of wedding at all times and in that time he could not in any way uh, be given another wife but after that week that the wedding was over and all the festivals which they had for a week why then he gave unto to Jacob Rachel also but Jacob promised to serve another seven years Uh, for Rachel and there was we could say that rather an enmity there already because uh, Jacob loved Rachel and he it says in the Bible that he hated Leah that was the wrong thing to do but nevertheless God again saw that well this wasn't right as long as it was been deceit made why it is not right for you to hate Leah and he made Leah to be fruitful and and Rachel to be barren and here again we find that God wanted to turn Jacob eyes to the right way and not to hate. If he had been deceived, even then, he should have loved instead of hated. For hate is not of God, but love is of God in all things. And therefore, uh, we find that uh, that from uh, there where the actual seed again was represented, why uh, Rachel was made barren. And only had, as we know, then two ch- children, eventually, which was Joseph and Benjamin. But out of the uh, out of that great conflict that we say between the two, uh, sisters why they were children born of concubines, or in other words they're maids and there was 12 that's where the 12 patriarchs came from which is called the tribe of israel eventually but here again isn't it strange when you follow that that uh, these other brothers that were born and uh, they, they were jealous of joseph and and joseph and benjamin because they were more loved of the father again than they, the others were because they came from that Uh, Mother which he had loved in the beginning and uh, We find that God's ways are strange again here God led the brothers then to to, uh, through the hatred of Joseph to sell him unto the Ishmaelites as we all know without going too far into the history and uh, the Ishmaelites again we realize who that was that was the other portion of Abraham's uh, sin as we say because he took Hagar and had Ishmael born unto him and these Ishmaelites were the ones that were traveling just as gypsies on the roads. And they bought Joseph and brought him on to Egypt. And there they sold him on Potiphar, uh, who was a captain of Pharaoh. And there he was raised up and became a goodly man, a God-fearing and a goodly man, and and uh, served him very honestly uh, up to his manhood. But there again we find that the devil, of which the brother spoke so emphatically in the Spanish language, is always in the midst of, of trying to do even in the Christians the trouble that that uh, makes them to sometimes stray away but we find one here in Joseph that was strong enough as we say in the love of God and in the, in the blessings of God that he did not and would not become enticed into sin when Potiphar's wife tried to uh, induce him into adultery with her and uh, we find that because of the lie that she inflicted then why he had to go into jail and, and stay there in jail uh, for two years first until uh, the baker and butler also were sending to jail because of some evil that they had done and they had a dream and, uh, and they were worried about their dream after they had been in there uh, we find that uh, they both had a dream concerning three days and uh, and this three days were interpreted by Joseph over there in the, in the jail as to be unto one of them, the butler, that he would be released after he had three days and he would be reinstated back into his own Uh, position again and the baker uh, where he had these uh, baskets of food upon his head and the birds ate of it. He said in three days will your head be lifted up and you shall be hung. And so it went about because God had revealed this dream unto him there and uh, the butler forgot all about him uh, even though he had asked him to remember him when he gets out of there. But uh, uh, God again saw an opportunity to uh, bring Joseph into, as we say, into the visibility of of what he should really be and and Pharaoh had a dream and Pharaoh had this dream of which we are all familiar of that there were seven kine in other words uh, they called them kine there were cows seven cows that were very fat and seven cows that were very lean and these seven lean cows came and ate the seven fat cows up and also there were seven uh, great years uh, of corn and seven very thin and scrawny years of corn and these seven thin and scrawny years devoured the seven fat years of corn. And and, uh, Pharaoh called the magicians over and all the astrologers and tried to have them interpret this dream which made him to be very sad indeed. And uh, they could not do so. But all of a sudden the butler remembers. Oh, I remembered my evil now, he says, my promise which I had done, uh, which I had uh, committed and which I failed to do. And he says, there was a man, a Hebrew, in this jail prison where we were and he interpreted our dreams unto us which came absolutely true because you reinstated me and you uh, and the, and the baker was hung and therefore uh, uh, I would say that I would send for him and Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he washed himself, shaved himself and came before the Pharaoh and he interpreted that dream uh, He says that he is not the dream interpreter but God is the dream interpreter and he says that there will be famine uh, there will be seven great wonderful productive years in Egypt and then there will be famine for seven years and all of Egypt shall be in God conditioned that there will be nothing bearing for the last seven years after the seven good years, and this is what came about. We find that that here, here again, God wants to preserve Joseph because he was he was absolutely obedient unto His wish and way, and uh, he became the uh, second in in power in Egypt unto the Pharaoh. As Pharaoh says, "I only, when I am, my throne will be in power, but you will be uh, the the one that is in power in every other place." And we find that through God's wisdom uh, in Joseph, while he was able to save all the grains that came on that seven years, and then the seven lean years that came, Egypt was the only one in that whole surroundings where there was anything to eat. And now we come to that place where, uh, where then these brothers of Joseph had to come into Egypt to purchase their grain so they might survive. Jacob sent them over there and they came over there and bought some grain over there. Joseph recognized his brothers and uh, and gave unto them the grain, but nevertheless he uh, used a little slyness there because he had the occasion to, to see how his brothers made out. He put all the money that he they had given into their sacks, and they went back home. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, he had asked them if they a father, if they had a father, and had any other children, and said, "We had one younger son yet, and the father is living." And he uh, sent them over and told them that. Uh, the next time that they come, they have to bring this younger son over there or else they would be considered spies in that land. And uh, we find, I know that all of you, especially you older ones, have read this. And this probably hasn't come to uh, any difference than what it shows in here, but in the Holy Word. But it sure shows unto us the great desire of Joseph to still see his father and his younger brother, Benjamin, who was his only real brother. And therefore, uh, the, it was brought unto him unto him eventually that they would come and get some more grain and they brought the younger brother with him uh, uh, although the father descended very much because he was afraid that they would go the same as did with Joseph that he would lose his son but here we find again that God wanted to bring them all together to show the great mercy that Joseph had unto unto his brothers by, by giving unto them everything that they des- desired and uh, now when they had come to that knowledge that uh, that he was Joseph which he gave unto them and had forgiven him as it was that great evil for he said that you did not do this unto me but God did it for me that you might preserve you and preserve the whole nations from starvation that God had the hand in this and God was the one that sent me over here and therefore we find that uh, he asked Pharaoh if he could not have his whole family his father and his brothers and all that were servants that were with him to be brought into that land where they might be able to be nourished and have of bread and also food for their for their uh, animals which they were uh, they were shepherds and they guarded a lot of animals and when they came in there there were 70 people that finally came in there now we come to a wonderful understanding of god's way in this they gave him unto uh, they gave unto them through god's pressure the best land in egypt which was goshen goshen a land that uh, that uh, was the most fertile of all and here 70 people began to live under uh, the guidance of God and in obedience unto God and uh, the multiplication was so great that we find that in that time that they sojourned in Egypt that when the, before they started out of Egypt after the persecution why there were 600,000 men with and plus children and women and the weaklings which the history claims that would mean that there was about 2 million people that was already in that multiplication from 70 people that came there and uh, here uh, we find already that the seed uh, was beginning to spread to that extent as god had sh- shown that it would spread and from there on it had been but we find that pharaoh did not want to the new pharaoh did not want to leave uh, them go for they were great servants great workers and there and, and god's blessing was resting upon the whole of egypt because of the israelites that were there and he began to hold unto them uh, very firmly and had great task makers that was uh, that was making them to work and to make bricks and when moses who was born from them at the time when when uh, this pharaoh began to see that this multiplication was so great in the midst of the israelites that he made a decree that all boy uh, 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 boy children that were born should be all all done away with in other words killed away and all wim- uh, girl children should be uh, let to live but uh, we find that moses was hidden by his mother in a little basket and sent out into the, into the river Nile. And there he floated and was found by Pharaoh's daughter and taken by her to become his own, her own son and to be nurtured and nursed by her own, his own mother, which we find in the, in the Bible again to be a wonderful thing. To be grown up in the palace of, of Pharaoh, to be taught under uh, the Egyptian uh, education and to become a man that was a leader Amongst men, for so God had seen again here that that it is necessary to bring one that would be a leader amongst men, and to be raised there in such a way that that he would have authority over the others in that respect. And uh, we find that even though after he had slain the Egyptian, and after they had found out that he slew the Egyptian when they were fighting with the uh, with the Hebrews, why he had to disperse away and and escape away from Pharaoh's wrath, and he went and lived. In the land of Midian, and there he married a daughter of Jethro, and they lived there for forty years. He was forty years old at that time, and lived there for forty years again. And then, while he was herding his sheep over there in the land, he saw a burning bush. A bush was burning that was not consumed, and he began to be curious. And he went to this burning bu- and toward the burning bush to see what it was all about. And a voice came out of there: uh, "Moses, take off your shoes, for the land in which you walk is holy land." Here was a voice that's coming from a bush over there that gave unto him instructions what he must do as a leader of mankind and of his own nation. And uh, we find here that, that uh, if he was just as uh, stubborn or you could say just as uh, uh, hard to convince that he would be a servant of God as, as sometimes we are uh, uh, endeavoring to do too for, for our frailty and our unworthiness, as we say, and our... our uh, slowness of speech and all that why Moses was example in that also he says uh, not me when the God told him to do these things not me I am slow of speech and and, and no one would believe me and I could not do this I could not do that and and God said unto him who has given you your tongue and who has given you your your uh, speech uh, but uh, he was still remonstrate against that and he said how would they know that you had sent me and and uh, God said well lay down that staff that you have in your hand and he laid it down and it turned into a serpent and uh, and he says now pick it up by the tail and he picked it up and it turned back into a cane and uh, he says set your hand into your bosom and he put his hand into his bosom and he pulled it out and it was full of leprosy and he says now return it back into your bosom and it turned into a a pure clean hand again he says now show this sign unto my people and he says they will believe that I have sent you He still remonstrated but I have such a slow tongue and I am poor of speech I cannot do that he says, well, you be God unto Aaron, and Aaron will be your mouthpiece. He says, you have a brother that is is uh, uh, fluent of speech, and he says, I will uh, give unto him the the mouth to be able to interpret what I will tell unto you, but you will be the God unto Aaron, and you shall do uh, the power uh, through me, and Aaron will do the talking. And we find that this is what happened. And uh, you're all familiar with the great plagues that they had to finally place upon Pharaoh before Uh, he consented to have uh, the Israelites go away from under his uh, great uh, burden of task which he had given unto them. Uh, This shows a a picture of of spirit of what it is to be into the uh, world of sin where the great taskmaster, the devil himself, is always uh, giving these great tasks unto people uh, in their sinfulness to do which they have to do according to his uh, his, uh, enticements and his ways. Uh, For Egypt has been uh, shown in spiritual form to be uh, the, uh, the world of this day and uh, the pharaoh the great taskmaster and the devil himself is the taskmaster of the sinners today that they had to go in there but finally this portion of the scripture which we read here was the last plague that was, was given unto them and uh, this was bad indeed we can see that but we find that before this plague was to be placed in the, uh, in the midst of the Egyptians why God came and instructed uh, the uh, the Moses and Aaron what they must do. They must tell the children of e- Israel that they should go and show themselves a lamb, lamb that was pure and and without any blemish, uh, and uh, they should take it and they should bring it into their houses on that night, and uh, they should put it on the fire uh, with not a bone broken and with their pertinences thereof. In other words, it should not even be drawn of their intestines, but they should place it upon the fire and they should roast it without any water in any way that this roasting should have to be done by fire. It was a picture there of the Lamb of God that was take away the sins of the world. It was a picture there already of the Lord Jesus Christ at the great sacrificial offering are there. And he said that they should take the blood thereof and with hyssop they should go and sprinkle or wipe the doorposts of their buildings and the lintels. The post on top of the door uh, is the lintel and they should wipe that with blood and this is the blood that was able to ward off the destroyer that night. That it came through uh, Egypt and it bypassed their doors. They had to do it in faith. Without faith, it was impossible to please God. And this they had to believe and trust upon God's promises that He would He would uh, absolutely uh, pass by their door without any uh, having the destroyer uh, kill their firstborn, which He had promised to do on everyone whose doorposts and whose limbs had not been marked with the blood. And uh, that night, as we read here, we find uh, be- just before that, which I should bring out, was the la- uh, next to the last plague was darkness. Darkness for three days was so dark that uh, no one could see their hand before their face in Egypt. And it's in this darkness yet that this happened here on that following night. This darkness, of course, shows one great thing. It is the great darkness of this world uh, that we have in which sin is is never uh, brought out into light at, uh, at all and this darkness was so great that it made everyone to fear and then in the night of this last night of this darkness came this destroyer uh, which destroyed or killed the firstborn of all human beings in Egypt plus the animals and everything else there was not one house it said where there was not a dead person there and when they uh, began to hear the cries in the dark and uh, the wailings and bewailings it must have been a terrible terrible uh, catastrophe that went through the uh, through the Egyptian land at that night uh, when uh, when everyone found uh, one of their firstborn, their oldest sons and daughters uh, dead on that night. But God wanted to bring about uh, his great powers to show unto Pharaoh who had had such a hard and stubborn heart that when he wants to pursue and to show his vengeance upon man, he will show it in such a way that he will finally have to give in and to take hold of uh, the promises of God that he is the one that is able to be the Lord and master of everyone if they would only take hold of it. And this is what happened there that night, that, that the terrible catastrophe happened in calamity, that everybody had a dead person in their household, and uh, probably some, where well, there was other families, where they had more than one in their household. But uh, not one was dead in the land of Goshen where the blood was wiped upon the, on the posts of the doors and upon the lintels here beloved is the power of the blood which we sang about there is power in the blood there is power in the blood i picked that song because i felt that that it came into my heart to show the great power of the blood of god god's son into the hearts of us who have I received the assurance of the forgiveness of our sins in the precious blood of Jesus Christ that has been sprinkled into our hearts by faith when we have accepted it of the Lamb of God that has sacrificed himself on the cross of Calvary and paid the price of our sins. This shows what the blood of God, God's Son, can do unto us. The destroyer will pass over us and there will be no condemnation and no, uh, no, uh, no uh, condemnation unto them that believe and trust upon the Lord Jesus Christ and upon the precious blood which he has he has shed uh, for in our behalf on the cross of Calvary. And we see also that this lamb that was prepared then, uh, it had to be eaten in full uh, array of travel, it says here, that they had to be uh, be shod in their feet and they had to have their uh, their their loins girded and they had to be ready to travel. And it had to be eaten with uh, with bitter herbs and, and uh, spices. And this gives unto us a, a vision of the Christian's travel. When we have uh, the desire that we have this blood uh, sprinkled into our hearts and assurance that we are ready on a travel, we have to be uh, ready to go regardless of when that time would come that God would call us out of this uh, sinful world here into the heavenly home above, that we would be ready uh, with that blood sprinkled into our hearts and, and with, this, uh, uh, with this array of having our, our ourselves arrayed in such a g- garment that we would be ready to travel the minute that God uh, desires to call us from here. And these bitter herbs, many times we find that they are those temptations and and evil things that come into the lives of man, and trials and and tribulations that come. That we have to sanction them, even though we are partaking of the uh, the preciousness of the Lord Jesus Christ as the supreme sacrifice, and the uh, precious uh, preciousness of His uh, nearness. While we still have to feel that there are the bitter herbs and the spices that are going to going to sting our lives yet while we are Christians here that we have to have to take these as God has given unto us that it isn't all a path of roses but we have to travel on the road as God desires to give us the trials and tribulations to carry along with us for we know that the word of God says that he who loveth uh, loveth his life will lose it but he who hateth his life will receive life everlastingly and this life we have today In this flesh and blood body of ours isn't anything that that we can uh, uh, feel that is desirous unto God in any way excepting through the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior who has sanctified us through himself and who has made us holy by the preciousness of his shed blood and the remission of our sins so even today beloved in the Lord uh, let us hold firm unto the promises of God and unto the faith which he has given into our heart that we might be ready to go if he should call us no matter what what time of the day or night that we are called to go from here into uh, the the heavenly uh, blessing of god above why we would be ready and to have our garments uh, cleansed in the precious blood of the L- lamb of god so that they would be white and pure uh, before his righteous face when we go to meet him there for without the uh, pr- precious garment of righteousness which he has given unto us on the cross of calvary we could not in any way stand in our own fortitude against uh, the righteous gaze of our heavenly father and of the great judge the lord jesus christ but in that garment which he has prepared for us and woven for us on that cross of Calvary, it is so pure and white and clean and spotless that uh, that his blood is, has been able to cleanse it. Why, then we can stand before him on that great day when he comes to get us. And may God give unto us the desire that we continually walk in his footsteps and continually look upon him who has suffered and died upon the cross of Calvary, but uh, let us look still further uh, than the cross itself, for we shall look upon the on the uh, great morning of the uh, resurrection when he has been raised again for our justification and where he sits on the right hand of God even this day interceding for us travelers that are on the way of life that are so frail many times that we cannot even turn up a prayer in, the, uh, in, in our own behalf. But he says that the spirit groaneth in our stead and sends up a prayer unto the heavenly father which shall be carried in golden vials unto his face. And I'm sure that, that he will hear his beloved children when we remember to ask him for help in the time of need. And now I guess that this is probably again our, our last meeting for a while that I will be in the midst of you for we are planning to start under Florida next Thursday morning. I sure ask your prayers and uh, humble prayers on our behalf that we would be able to make the journey. And if it so seems fit for the Lord that I should never come back, which we know that is very treacherous indeed on my own health, that uh, you would uh, be assured that one day we might be able to meet on that heavenly shore above where there will be more no more trials or tribulations where there will be no more sickness nor sorrow but that we would one day be able to meet there and clasp our hands together and sing praises unto him who has given himself for us and paid the price of our sins upon the cross of calvary and may your prayers and your blessings be in the midst of us as we travel and we will try to also remember you for it's impossible to forget uh, the little congregation that we have here and and we hope to be able to bring regards from here unto the, uh, there and uh, also to ask that uh, uh, god will preserve you all in faith all the days of your life to that end may god bless you and keep you let us bow our heads in benediction the lord bless us and keep us the lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and give us His everlasting peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.
1: Walk in his footsteps and look upon Him who has suffered and died upon the cross of But let us look still further Uh, than the cross itself and we shall look upon the the, uh, great morning of the uh, resurrection when he has been raised again for our justification and where he sits on the right hand of God even this day interceding for us pastors that are on the way of life that are so very many times that we cannot even turn up a prayer. In, in, in our own behalf, but he says that the Spirit goeth at our stead and sends up a prayer unto the Heavenly Father which shall be carried in golden vows unto his face. And I'm sure that, that he will hear his beloved children when we remember to ask him for help in the time of need. And now, I guess, as this is probably again our, our last meeting for a while, that I will be in the midst of you, for we are planning to start and to fly on the next Thursday morning. I shall ask your prayers Uh, Our humble prayer in our behalf we would be able to make the journey, and if it so seems fit for the Lord, but I should never come back, which we know that is very treacherous indeed, and my own health. But you would. I we be assured that one day we might be able to meet God, heavenly sure above, where there will be more, no more trials or tribulations, where there will be no more sickness, no sorrow, but that we will one day be able to meet God and cross our uh, hands together and sing praises unto Him who has given himself for us and paid the price of our sins upon the cross of Calvary. And may uh, your blessings be in the midst of us as we travel and we will try to. Also, remember your UFO, it's impossible to forget. Uh, the little congregation that we have here, and and we hope to be able to bring regards from here on to uh, there, and uh, also to ask that uh, God will preserve you all, and go all the days of your life to that end. May God bless you and keep you. Let us bow our heads in And The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us his everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.
2: O oh God, you who know these thoughts of our hearts, we open ourselves in your presence ourselves as sinners in need of grace. And we pray, O Lord, that you would have mercy upon us, that you will blot out our transgressions, that you will fill us with the power of your Spirit, that we might faithfully witness. We pray for Phil and Naomi, Know the work that is laid before them. And surely, as you have called them and have separated them apart for this work, along with our precious brother George and his wife, grant unto them each, O Father, the fullness of your Spirit. Give them the assurance of your presence day by day. And fill us also with joy to know that you yet hear the prayers of those who cry for consolation and help. that you have not forgotten even those who are crying in the jungles of Nigeria. And we thank you, Father, that your word has gone forth, that the seed has been sown. Even so, may it be sown in our own hearts this night, and grant us grace that by faith we would yield ourselves to your will. O Lord, send forth even upon us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel, would proclaim it unto any man in any place. And open your word, even for a moment, Father, for the strengthening of our faith this night through thy servants. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Very briefly, like to consider with you from the Acts of the Apostles, the third chapter, the first eight verses, thereof. out. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful who asked alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. fear of Peter and John had been taken away, they no longer remained behind the locked doors in that upper room. When the power of the Holy Spirit had been sent to them, they feared no man. They didn't want to separate themselves from their fellow Jews. And so they went into the temple of also to pray as was the custom with many of the others. It is not the desire of one who has received the power of the Holy Spirit to separate himself from the church which is in existence at the time. It was never the intention of Martin Luther to separate himself from the church. It was never the intention of Lestadius to separate himself from the church. And so it was with Peter and John when they had received the Holy Spirit and they were going into that temple at the ninth hour. But they too wanted to worship as had many others before them. And entering the temple they see this man who is lame, having been lame from his birth. A 38-year-old man never had been able to do a lick of work in his life. Being carried daily to the temple, the only means by which he could receive a living was to beg of those who entered in. Here also is a picture of you and I, a picture of you and me. We also, who from our mother's womb have been born in sin, who must say, as the psalmist has said, in sin did my mother conceive me? Who must say, as the apostle Paul said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing? and who by ourselves cannot even come near unto the temple of God where his presence dwells, but must be carried there, we must be brought there. For as our brother said, our feet are sunk in the miry clay of sin and unbelief, and we are shackled and cannot break this chain by our own power. We cannot jump out of our own boots. But we are stuck and we are bound. Another must come to rescue us and place us upon the rock, Jesus Christ. And so it was with this man who had been brought there daily. Such a love and concern for this man. I wonder how many of us have such a concern for our fellow men. Are we so willing to bear our brother in prayer? Are we so willing to think of him day in and day out as to his need of salvation, of his need of being cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to take time and go and seek him out and bring him there where he might receive a blessing? Surely, our brother Phil has felt this in his own heart, as have many of us, particularly today as the convention voted to send him and brother and sister Wilson along with Phil's wife down there to Nigeria, that here has been A concern for one who has not been able to come into the temple of God by himself. Surely, Pastor Essien down there in Nigeria had such a concern for his fellow men, but as he could only bring them to the gate of the temple and could not bring them in, he cried unto the Heavenly Father that he would send someone there who might bring them into the temple they might receive the blessing of salvation. And thanks be unto God that our brother Michelson responded to the prayer which had arisen from the hearts of the Nigerians, that he was able to go down there and God and open their hearts, that they were able to receive the word. Yes, and they entered into the temple. For as even with Peter and John when they were ready to go in they saw this man and Peter said look on us look on us why? who is Peter? who is John? are they some special holy people? some special beings that are raised up above the rest of mankind? That one who is crippled and lying at the gate of the temple must look upon them? Not at all. But Peter knew what he had to give to this man. And he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He knew what this man needed. And he knew that God was able to give it unto him. And I believe that as we go forth to proclaim the gospel, as we give a witness of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, your Savior and mine, that we too can call upon men to look upon us. Not to turn their eyes away, not to cover their eyes, but to look. So often today when you meet someone on the street or no matter where it is and you begin to talk with them, how often does the other person look you in the eye? So often our gaze is turned sideways. We do not dare to look directly into the face of another because there is guilt and sin in the heart. But oh, that we might be willing to look into the face of one who preaches the gospel of glad tidings, the proclamation of forgiveness of sins, one who can bring peace to the sin-sick conscience, to the heart that is in turmoil, to the one who is still laying at the beautiful gate. And it is a beautiful one. But yet that gate is narrow. Narrow is the gate that leads into everlasting life. And there is only one way to enter into that gate. And that is through the power of the Holy Spirit that God gives unto us when we are able to believe the gospel which is proclaimed. That even as Peter and John proclaim this gospel, so also we are to go forth. And bring the message of salvation. Peter and John represented the church. Each one of us who has the gift of the Holy Spirit, every one of us who has been cleansed of our sin also has the same privilege and the same power. For Jesus said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And the gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against his kingdom. For whosoever sins he remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins he retain, they are retained. And Peter was now to use these keys, to use this loosing key, when he told this crippled man to fasten his eyes upon him. And Peter, this man expecting to receive something of them, didn't realize what it was that Peter really could give. That it wasn't just another coin in his tin cup, but it was the greatest blessing this man was ever to receive, the gift of faith, Jesus Christ himself. For Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We may not have a great abundance of material possessions. Our church may not have a budget of many thousands. Our own pocketbook may not be very fat with greenbacks. But what we have, we can give unto one who is bound in sin, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, salvation full and free without money and without price, all for the asking. And this is what God wants us to also to proclaim to the sin-sick soul, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, He is the one who is able to take our sin. He who came and dwelt among sinners, took upon himself the form of flesh, and dwelt among us, suffering and dying on Calvary's cross. And there, as that blood was poured out, cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This same blood of Jesus Christ is also able to cleanse you of your sin, as it has cleansed me of mine. That blood is as powerful and able to cleanse us tonight as it was able to resurrect to a whole life this lame man who had laid at the gate of the temple. We surely pray tonight that God would give unto our brother and sister, unto our brothers and sisters, the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would courageously go forth and proclaim the Gospel. It is not going to be an easy road. It will not only be the physical suffering You will be separated from the fellowship that you have known for many years. You will be walking a lonely path. And yet though you be separated from each of us physically, in spirit we shall be walking by you side by side. And you shall be joined to a greater fellowship, to a people who have already received the power of the Holy Spirit. And whose hearts are burning with that power and with that life, so that you are not alone, but you you shall receive strength even from those to whom you administer. And you shall see also the lame begin to leap up, walk, and praise and thank God. The response of faith from the hearts of those who receive the gift of salvation, who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior that we also begin to leap up and walk by faith. That we who have not been able by our own strength to enter into the kingdom of God, the Lord in His marvelous grace and wonderful love has given to us this power and strength that we are able to enter in, and that we can leap up and thank and praise God for His wondrous grace. This is the story of Jesus, what Christ has done for each one of us, knowing that our hearts have been cleansed and that we have received the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be unto God that the mission work of the church has not ended in Jerusalem, but has gone all through Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. And even so tonight, as Pastor Limata mentioned, a star is being launched. A, another beam of God's grace will be shining into the darkness of men's hearts. And we pray that even tonight, that word of God would find our hearts and create in us the desire to come clean. That we might say as the psalmist, Create in me a clean heart, O God. That our hearts too might be cleansed by the power of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb. That we might, in looking upon the Christians, might believe that through them we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior personally. May God grant us his grace and blessing to that end even this night. Amen.